Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on the new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with glass. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on the new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. We are back on the second half uh, for another fabulous show. Uh, let's, let's do a quick roll call. Who do we have here today? Who do we, who do we have here to my right? Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. All right. So we swing around. We, we swing around. Swing around. Got peaches over here. Peaches, 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 peaches. Organic and creamy. I'm not even going to do this. Warrior ride, boogie. Just keep it simple on this side. Yeah, I'm Launchpad. So, and, I, and, I, and I'm the the bird dog. The the the, the, the bird dog. dog. And the black hoodies. All right, all right. So today's guest. Uh, we'll do a quick introduction. We have uh, our guest today is an entrepreneur, uh, an undergrad, uh, and the PI with a degree in financial management, uh, who specializes in small enterprise and personal finance. Um, he's also interned at the Moment Group of Foods in Manila. And that's what inspired him to, to build Milky without an eye. Without an eye. No eye. No eye. We'll, we'll explain why later. And uh, currently, he's managing the Chabot Theater in Castro Valley, uh, where he's able to provide opportunities to local musicians to have a starting point in their career uh, through a program called Vibe Check. Uh, and so our guest today is DJ Mercado. So DJ! 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 Yes. I have some awkward in this, so. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm DJ. Good to have you, man. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, driving, bearing with traffic, oh, all the police activity. I went to college in Manila, so traffic is... Nothing. TCU. <laughs> yeah, it's the daily life. Uh, I will admit something uh, yeah. before you got here. So when, uh, you know... DJ Mercado. I thought you were an actual DJ. I know. I get have I get ever, booked uh, for DJ gigs, and I was like, dang it, I, I really should learn. Have you ever DJed? I'm trying to get into it now. Nice. So not like the digital stuff. I love analog uh, oh. records, so I've built pretty pretty good collection. I wanted. I just bought my first DJ set. Oh, nice. So I'm just trying to live up to my name now. What kind of gear? Did you get some techniques? Do they still do, do, they still do no. those? Or what are they? Some pioneers? Uh, yeah. I <laughs> don't even know. A Gemini. It's called Gemini. 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 Super cheap. Gemini. Super cheap set. But. How about you said you, you were building a, a collection. Um, like, Can you share some recent uh, yeah. you know, digging that you've done? So for the most part, I like old school classic hip hop. Uh, I have... Kanye West, Tupac, of course. There you go. Um, but what started my my collection was City Pop when uh, the pandemic hit. It's like, okay. let's listen to let, let's get some records from Japan, bring it here, and there you see go. what happens. And and I just enjoyed it for uh, ever since. Love it. So now I'm just going through like these record shops, f- trying to find the the hidden gems of That's what right. they have there. Digging. Do you yeah. consider Kanye classic hip hop? I think so. At least iconic, that's for sure. That needed us, right? Yeah. yeah. When he said, he's my generation's... Uh, he's definitely not our yeah. When he said old school hip-hop, I'm thinking he's not... No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I like Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I like Biggie. DMX. DMX. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Speaking of language now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not the rap guy. Yeah. What are you into? I'm R&B. R&B. I like R&B, too. Yeah. I like all the forms of music. Whatever is on. Yeah. I, I do too, um, but R and B is more, more me. Neo type. What, what, who's your favorite R and B? That's a yes. very good guess. That is a good That's an guess. educated guess. He just because of the he just, he just gives uh, off Neo like vibes, Alicia doesn't he? Uh, those two are more my favorite ones. Um, going old school, New Edition. Yeah, Boys to Men. Um, yeah. Music Soul Child. Hmm. He had a concert recently here in in the Bay Area, no, Sacramento, oh, I believe. It's close. Yeah. No idea. You missed it. <laughs> You're telling me that now. It was great. I saw stories. Oh. So DJ, yeah. Uh, college in the Philippines. What college did you go to? 
So I did nursing for a year, uh, like every Filipino Filipino good boy does. But I ended up uh, dropping out because I wanted to do finance. Um, well, I wanted to do psychology, but <clears throat> I ended up finding this little small school in, in, in uh, McKinley Hill. It's called Ender and Colleges. It was only 10 years old uh, at the time. And they were doing an, a really cool entrepreneurship management program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after going to a 400-year-old uh, traditional college, that wasn't the vibe for me. I thought, let's do something totally opposite and and dive into the world of business. Yeah, yeah it was... How did your family take that, breaking away from the nursing chain? I actually sent my mom, like, uh, you know, if you scroll down, uh, like, a text that's, like, three schools long <laughs> telling them you know they were upset at first like how come like nursing is such a safe route to go uh but uh, it wasn't for me i mean i like the service part the science was just really hard yeah um, what what about uh finance uh, was attractive well when i was in nursing school i went to you know, I picked out, I went to the mall to, to find clothes, like buy clothes. And I really liked like buying um, suits and wearing like long, long collared shirts and everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to find a job that <laughs> would make me wear these suits. Cause yeah. I don't know. Um, I was a sneakerhead too, like you guys. Uh, yes. But once I got a little bit older, it's like I wanted to, to dress like like I said, it goes with the vintage stuff and the analog stuff. I always watch these movies that uh, show people wearing like the coolest suits and, and the freshest fabrics and everything. It's like, okay, we gotta find a job that does yeah. <laughs> that makes me wear these. Let's pause there really quick. Can we vote? Who's been the best dress guest we've ever had? Right now, right now, DJ, definitely DJ. Yeah, I'll cheat too. I mean, he wears sleeves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, sleeves. You're probably the first person wearing sleeves. Slacks on. Not even. Slacks on. First person with clothes on. Oh damn! That's true. Sorry, I broke the trend. No, no, no. This is our new trend as we wrap up this year. We're gonna have more guests with, you know, with clothes. Yes. When they ask us what the attire is, watch DJ's episode. Oh, no. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So you say you were, you were inspired by maybe some, some movies, or was there an allure about like just the, the fast-paced life of finance, or was there, outside of the clothes, anything that really, like struck you to take you a different finance? I wasn't finance. I wasn't oh, finance, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, I back, kind of backed into finance, though, because I mm. needed a gig, and I had a friend who... Got me into the the brokerage business. Yeah. So. Is there an eye in your finance? We need to go into Finish. why Milky without an eye, but we're going to let you do that in a bit. But yeah, was there anything that where you gravitated towards early when you made made that decision? When in I fi- was in finance, yeah. When I was younger, I'd always thought that I'd be in business, um, and so I started, you know, clothing brands just for experimental. Um, and I found out that I liked, I really liked numbers, not in like the the algebra equations type, but like I knew how to hustle, uh, street street smart, I guess. Um, so you like numbers and? Uh, I just like making stuff grow. Currency type, right, right. The economics of it. Econo- yeah. So and I'm pretty lazy. I, I'm. I always <laughs> joke uh, that I'm the hardest working lazy person you've ever met. Respect. There you go. So. When I heard that finance was, you know, all you got to do is sit down, make some some wise investments, look at the markets, and and that's where you could get people's money and turn it into X amount. Like, that sounds like an easy job. (laughs) So I I did that. I wanted to – and that, too, um, when I did did start businesses, I learned the hard way that you have to focus on numbers and uh, accounting and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Sounds so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I I enjoyed it. Like, I'm not the most organized person, but I can I can mix my my operations experiences with. Okay, this is how you build a business. This is how you you uh, increase the revenues and, and just creative ways to do that. So awesome. I gravitated I gravitated to uh, that type of work. 
But I'm not doing finance work right right now, though. I wish I was. <laughs> That's awesome. So were you born in PI? I was born in the Philippines. I immigrated here with my dad when I was six. My mom was already here. Um, yeah, so born and raised, uh, born and raised in, no, born in the Philippines, raised by the Bay. Nice. Very nice. Where in Manila? Um, actually, I've only stayed in Manila when I was in college, but mm. I was in a small uh, town called Nova Vizcaya, um, Bagabag Nova Vizcaya. Mm-hmm. So I could I could say the word Nakakapagpabagabag really good because our our uh, nice. our town is Bagabag. <laughs> the froze you guys. How you guys want to know what that means? I, I, I don't know what yeah, that means. Yeah. I just know how to say it. <laughs> I need a little translation. I'm yeah, you're going to have to translate it. for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot. I actually did not know what that means. Translate <laughs> for the listeners. No, okay. no. I really don't know what, what that means. He doesn't know what it means. <laughs> I just could say, I could say it, though. <laughs> Wait, no, that's, that's interesting, though. So you, you came here when you were younger from yeah. the Philippines. Then you went to high school out here, right? Uh, but yeah. then, and then, but then you went back to school, uh, to college, back in the Philippines. I had a fight with my Spanish teacher. She says I can't. I can't write Spanish. I can only speak it. Mm-hmm. So when we were in the Philippines for a, a program, like a, a, immer- a summer immersion program, I went back home to the province just to visit my grandma. And uh, they said, oh, you, you know what? You could study. You could go to high school here and skip a year. You could graduate the next year. So ah. I did that. It's like, okay, why USA for a okay. bit. Yeah. There you go. Easy Leap, leapfrogging. Like I said, I'm lazy, right? Looking to get ahead. Looking to get ahead. One would say you're just more efficient. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Smarter choices. Smarter choices. So. Time management. So tell because of laziness, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever motivates it. Tell us about uh, the moment group of foods. Because you interned yeah. there. I did. Uh, so our school required us to do a lot of internships before graduating. It's kind of a prerequisite for uh, that school to to make us do different types of experiences. Uh, and one of them was the moment group. The moment group was when I first went there. They had about nine nine restaurants uh, that included Din Tai Fung, Tim Ho Wan, all of these Michelin uh, star restaurants. Um, and they basically brought in a lot of uh, different, like high-end restaurants from Asia, and what they wanted to do is piggyback off of the the ec- economies of scale of of um, ordering like a lot of food, mm-hmm. uh, and then building their own Filipino, like high-end uh, stuff that would kind of rival all of the international brands. Mm-hmm. And so I was just there for. A finance insur- uh, finance accounting internship, and I ended up like blowing. It ended up blowing my mind. Like thinking, oh, okay, in order, like a regular mom and pop restaurant can only do a little bit uh, to like every year for for revenue. But if you scale it to different types of restaurants, then that's where all the money comes from, and that's when you can actually build more. Um, build more different types of concepts that, you know, uplift the Filipino food industry. And mm-hmm. that's what, what uh, that's what, what was missing in, in the Philippines. Like, you, you all know Filipino food is probably, you know, it hits home, it's one mm-hmm. of the best, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's just not yeah. marketed and it's not visually appealing as anything else that you see in, in you know, regular modern restaurants. Mm-hmm. So this, this uh, company just really wanted to elevate the the food experience mm. Filipino food experience through piggybacking <clears throat> off of international foods that seems like that kind of gave you a head start too it right? did like it really um, elevated your business acumen because you got global experience mm-hmm. did you take that with you when you came back here I did so when we first started, uh, I started, uh, as soon as I graduated in 2017, I moved back here and a friend of mine, a childhood friend, uh, said that he wants to start a company. He doesn't know what, but we're going to brainstorm. He says, let's do a boba shop. That's uh, an age old, well, not age old, but like 20 years of quicklies and, and uh, <laughs> tapioca expresses. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> 
it's like there's an opportunity there there you're only a number um like you're number 99 um and you get your order but we wanted to starbucks the experience of a boba shop where we actually know how to write your name uh correctly spell your name correctly um sorry what was the question again <laughs> how, how did you take that business action? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the moment group. So apply here. Yeah. So once we did that brainstorm, um, I was like, I, I did. I have experience in, in a little experience in corporate restaurants. Uh, in order for us to be profitable, we need to do at least three stores by the end of the next three years. Um, and so. One boba shop is not going to do. It's not going to be enough for you know a corporation of um, of workers to to you know get paid and, and you know um, survive, especially in Bay Area prices. Yeah. So survive, yeah. yeah, we. I said if we're going to do it, we have to be a global chain by five to ten years. Um, that includes, you know, opening up in the Philippines and everywhere, everywhere else that gives us an opportunity to, to open up. I think what's interesting is that the gap you saw with that segment of the food space was kind of the, I like how you said, the, the personalization of it, mm-hmm. right? You know, rather than just like the kind of the commoditized you know, everyone, every customer is just a number. It sounded like you wanted to kind of put your yeah. stand on focusing on the customer, right? <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. And so then how did that inspire the name? Because you were talking to us a little bit about the name and, you know, how that was the focus on, yeah. on the customer. So basically, Milky, um, we could, we were thinking, we're, we were brainstorming different types of boba shop names. And we thought that Milky had a really good potential. But when we write it out, the I was just really awkward with the Y. So <clears throat> we suggested, um, let's take the I out and, and really focus more on the customer service. Uh, and a funny story, when we first signed our, our rent contract for our first location, our second location, um, they I told the the manager the the property manager oh you know uh milky is spelled without an i because it's all about you and she thought i was hitting on her (laughs) that's funny and she says she said to me oh i have a husband (laughs) (laughs) but she gave her number anyway huh no 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 (laughs) and your reply was (laughs) i just i was quiet to be honest (laughs) I should have said something, sort something. But should have kept it going. Should have kept it going. But that's catchy, though. Like, definitely, I, I think, uh, you know, that that, will, that definitely draws people to to, to think mm. about that, right? It, it, you know, as customers, it is about us, right? It is. Yeah. How did that translate then to kind of operating the business and growing, and getting you know people to to learn about you and kind of what was different about uh, it, the brand or the business? You know, when you're a kid and you say you want to be a business owner, you don't really know what you're getting into. Um, when I first started, we didn't have a day of experience working at a boba shop, nor nor a coffee shop for the matter. Um, so we all had to learn, like as soon as, from the moment we conceptualize it to opening our first location, we really didn't know anything about creating drinks or uh, you know the whole you're just learning on the fly world of it all yeah we're all learning from from the fly uh, I had a business partner who was interning in Florida uh, he's a Michelin trained chef and I thought that you know having a chef uh, come work with you for for this project would make it easier and it did. Like he knew the processes of of you know how to conceptualize a product, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, we all had to learn on the day of opening because we were rushing. Um, we had three months rent and everything, and and really like, if I could give advice to entrepreneurs and if you want to start a business, just start it and then learn like learn on the first day. That's also fine. <laughs> um, we hired a, a guy from Phil's Coffee um, for just three days to to see like 
to teach us how to do a normal line operations of mm-hmm. creating drinks and to to make different types of flavors with it. And then from then on, we just had to learn through trials and errors and uh, whatever worked. Uh, what, what was the time frame from when you kind of brainstormed the idea of Milky to when you opened up the first shop? It was about four months. Oh, wow. um, hmm. So I believe I came to the U.S. Uh, after college on August of 2017. By September 2017 also, um, we got our, our you know, a corporation, uh, articles of incorporation. From then on, we were just looking for places to rent. So we did downtown San Jose. We signed a, a lease by February, so it's all pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out Santa Clara County was like really hard to, to open a business. And after six months went by, and we were still not getting the, the right permits, and mm-hmm. they're still not paying attention to us, even though you, you pay so much money for expedited mm-hmm. uh, health department and city permits. Um, one time I was just walking in the mall during Christmas time um, and I, I always noticed this old Starbucks uh, kiosk that was there empty and we talked I went to the just for the sake like just for curiosity's sake I went to the the property manager hey is that stall available for rent and they said yeah uh, here's all of the contracts and stuff we signed it in two weeks or so getting insurance um everything that you need to to start it and since we were already working with an architect for the first location um it it was easier for us to find like the right people to to work on the the permit permits and everything and alameda county was pretty uh pretty easy to work with so but this was your second location second location opened within three months three to four months before our first location even opened. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got lucky there. Um, so it was in the second floor of a, a, a dying mall in Great uh, in New Park Mall. Okay. Um, and then because of that, we were able to, to make money and, and reinvest everything into the other location, the San, downtown San Jose one. Wow. So that's what was... It's interesting because, like, you mentioned having an entrepreneur's spirit as a kid mm-hmm. and then you got experience in kind of the restaurant business but you know, it does sound like you you kind of went quick uh yeah. to opening up multiple locations That's, it's uh, the name of the game pretty much for 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 entrepreneurship if you're not open because you they only give you a maximum of three to four months free rent at a time so in order for you to not lose a lot of money you really got to open it as, as quick as possible so all of the stuff, like, you know, 14, 15 hours a day working on that just to get it open is crucial for your bottom line. Sure. So your your initial vision before launching Milky was to scale up, uh, go global. Mm-hmm. You said at least five lo- at least five locations within was that three three, three years to five years. How far did you get into reaching that? Uh, so we had to close during the pandemic. Uh, rent was too expensive for both locations to stay closed for six months or so. That when we when they were closed, um, when the whole city or the whole world was closed. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the end, by November, November of 2019 was actually when we were allowed to uh, to soft open, and we only had four months for that first location to open. Oh man. This is the San Jose one. San Jose. But during that time, we were already talking to um, a property manager in Las Vegas because we wanted to do an alcoholic boba um, bar (laughs) in Resorts World, too. That's dangerous. Um, At Resorts World? Yeah. We're in. We're in. Let's open that up. I know, right? (laughs) And then... Only if there's tequila. I know. Uh, we have a drink called Sunrise. It's strawberry, mango, jasmine tea. But we always t- tell our customers, hey, if you go home, put a shot of tequila in there. You're set for it the whole night, man. <laughs> wow. Um, Get that recipe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the whole is still flowing with me. Yeah, right it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, it was 
if the co if COVID nineteen didn't happen, we'd probably have at least four four stores by now. Awesome. So that was. Um, I, I mean, obviously, we had a roadblock, mm. right? But I think a lot of people did. So, main lesson learned from that. Mm-hmm. Main lesson learned. Um, I don't know. Just don't eat bats. Just <laughs> 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 kidding. Uh, no, no, no. Let's there. learn. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess, I guess, let me let me re- reframe it. <laughs> Sorry. As an as an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur uh, who you know was was moving rather quickly mm-hmm. um, since graduating from college. Obviously, no one anticipates a pandemic right. or a global shutdown, mm-hmm. but we all learn from that. So. I guess on on the theme of entrepreneurship is are there any safeguards for that? Honestly, it's it's hard to say this, but if you want to be an entrepreneur, you really have to save a lot of money um, or find people that are you know build build your your trustworthiness to you know people who are willing to invest in you, um, and you know you take that responsibility and really uh, nurture it, take care of it um, to be able to build what you want to do. Because starting a business is not child's play. It's really hard. Uh, You really need to focus and and really work hard to not waste anyone's um, investments on you. So with, and especially if you have investors too, they always have a say in what goes on with mm-hmm. how you want to do your business. If you want to start a business with no one telling you what to do, like really be your own um, boss, per se, uh, really save as much money as you can so that you can safeguard yourself from any you know, pandemics or f- at least have backup uh, money for when you're not doing so well right. during your adjustment period or, or uh, startup period. And then um, you just got to keep changing and adapting to your environment and, and really, you know, be creative, uh, but ethical. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, if you have shady businesses, uh, if you do shady stuff for your business, it really it will catches up to you. Fortunately, we didn't really have too many. Like we were all just childhood friends and college friends starting it. So, it was, did yeah, you did you all uh, bootstrap it yourself in terms of kind of, uh, or did you have any financial backers, or how, how what was that process like for you? Yeah, so my financial backer was a childhood friend of mine in college. Um, he's the chef that I talked about okay. earlier. Um, they, I mean, he was. You know, he was ready to. He he just finished his um, his internship, his last internship, and there was a tsunami that came in Florida. He was working Florida, okay, uh, and he decided he had to leave or evacuate Florida somewhere else. And I invited him to San Francisco when we were still brainstorming the concept of Milky. Um, he ended up getting a ticket to Portland, but Portland at the time had fires like. Uh, forest fires so he had to buy a ticket to san francisco and you know when he came in he's like oh i have a brainstorm meeting with a couple of friends we're gonna start a a business and so i just brought him we had korean food first and you know we went to the office and we started talking about okay how do we like what is milky about what is this concept about and we were talking about like okay we have to use healthier alternative ingredients he liked that we have to uh, we have to put sustainability as like a really important function or priority, mm-hmm. and he liked that as well. So it's like, hey, uh, do you guys mind if I joined you guys uh, in the business? I was like, yeah, having a chef would would be perfect. Um, let's have you on. Uh, like, let's keep getting back to each other uh, to see if there's any more ideas that you could input into starting this thing, and you know. I made some money off of Bitcoin, um, and I used that to to start the business. Uh, my business, my two other business partners, also, um, you know, they they were marketing people, so they were 
making the brands and and coming up with all of these marketing ideas for the business and the chef um you know halfway through writing the the or signing the contract for the rent um we realized oh we don't have enough money for this mm. but my friend was like okay uh what if I... Because he's from the Philippines also. He only did his internship in Florida for for the internship, but he doesn't have uh, permanent residence here in the U.S. And so for him to come here, he would need to invest money um, and get a E-1 visa, an right, entrepreneurship right. visa. And so he was the one who fronted most of the, the cash for the startup so that worked out for it worked out for helped, everyone helped you guys mm-hmm. get, kind of get, get it off the ground then that's right well it sounds it sounds like milky was kind of born out of you know various <laughs> calamities yeah leaving mm-hmm. florida and then going up it's a story man it's and a then, movie <laughs> but then you know obviously to build on uh right boogie's question too you know there was obviously the impact of having your nascent business now have to shift so how did you after that happened, how did you rebound and kind of where did you where did you go from there? Mm, not much, really. Once we were pretty devastated when you know we we just opened the our first slash second location, mm-hmm. um, and so we ended up just closing the whole thing uh, kind of abruptly. Like it was already the fourth month of of everything closed down, mm-hmm. um, and so. It's like, you know what, it's not worth it. Even if the economy comes back, um, I don't think we're going to do as good as before. Because 2017, 2018 was like the peak of the boba, like start of the Mm -hmm. boba culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were so many boba pop-ups coming out. Even at the mall, we um, we were the only boba shop. By the end of the third year, um, there was... two or three boba shops in the mall with us already so yeah we thought it would just be a good idea to just you know um take take the experience and and just learn from it and you know move on to other things yeah that's and that's kind of the the life of the entrepreneur too right it is but you did have some personal rebounding because let's let's fast forward to where you're at now you're yeah. managing at Chabot Theater. Mm-hmm. How'd that come to fruition? So, well, I did buy. I, I did end up buying a food truck uh, just to because mm. I had so much stock of cups. I still do. Um, and you know, when the pandemic was happening, I was always on Facebook Marketplace looking for the next flip. Uh, and I saw a 1975 Volkswagen bus. Um, that you can nice. pop the nice. pop the the top open and it serves as a bar. There's a, a, a burner in there and everything. Um, but yeah, after that, um, we were in the process of starting, or, or I was gonna do it solo this time. Um, but a friend of mine called uh, the sister of my business partner at Milky. Um, she says, hey, they're looking for a director of operations position at the Chabot Theater. Um, so the story of that theater is it was built in 1948. And in 2019, they were supposed to knock it all down and turn it into a parking lot or condominium. Mm-hmm. And the church, the local church of, of Castro Valley uh, called First Press, um, they said, hey, uh, we don't want that to be a, a parking lot or condominium. Let's buy it and, you know, keep it, preserve it for the town, for the history, for the landmark of Castro Valley. And they didn't know how to run, um, you know, a business. So they had to ask people, oh, do you know any business developers? And so I ended up, like, I didn't even know it was a theater, to be honest. <laughs> I was driving there. I thought I was going to work at the, the at the Chabot, the, the college, uh, the local college, and um, went there. Oh, it's a movie theater. I didn't know. But I already said yes to, to the position. And in my opinion, I thought, okay, this is a great way for me to to delve into my creative side. Because all, all of the work that I've ever done was mostly analytical mm-hmm. and, and business. And I wanted to do something creative. So... 
I started working there and they said, you could do, you know, we don't, you don't have anyone here to train you. Um, you got to learn everything on your own. So I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> Let's do it. Learn on the fly again. Learn on the fly. It's the story of my life. So uh, tell us about VibeCheck. Okay. So VibeCheck was actually still started in Milky. Um, it was in November when we, we wanted to use art and music as an excuse to throw like really cool parties mm-hmm. for people who don't drink. So um, when we first opened um, our shop, the first concepts that we talked about was, okay, let's bring people from 88 Rising to perform at boba shops and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, 88 Rising got more and more famous over the years. And it's like, okay, probably not, probably can't book them anymore. <laughs> um, so he said, okay, let's do this. Uh, let's find local artists who don't know what they want to do, but they have talent, they have music. Um, let's have them open up, like give them the space to... Like an open mic? Kind of like that, but more of like a produced uh, version of an open mic. So, yeah, we let we open that space up for, for people who have never, ever performed before. Like, people who don't have much following, just to give them, like, the confidence mm, they need to... What do you, exposure. What do you, can you expand on... What do you mean by more produced version of an open mic? Um, I guess, like, the, the music and, and the hosting part, Usually an open mic is like oh, whoever wants to come up, mm-hmm. uh, come come to the stage. For this one, it's like we really selected people and and really taught them how to sell their own tickets, uh, advertise for themselves, and and really like this is what I learned in entrepreneurship. This is what I want you to learn as an artist. So, but you you don't have to do it on your own. If you need help with uh, flyers and if you need help with um, creating that background music or something, uh, feel free to ask us and we'll help you there. Um, and then the rest of it is all up to you. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, much more than just performing, you're teaching them the business side of yeah, exactly. performance. Right? And that's, that's awesome. I don't think artists um, have that, you know, that type of place to, to find, to, to, to learn all of this stuff. So no. I thought it was like an opportunity to to you know again uplift our our friends and and yeah. our community to do that so what is that's amazing first of all but well, what does vibe check look like now vibe check well the concept of it was it's going to be four four seasons of performances uh fresh like like a high school freshman sophomore junior high uh and senior by the end of their senior or their fourth performance Sorry, by the end of their fourth performances, uh, they should already be ready to go out and find different businesses and do their own vibe check uh, or whatever show that they want to. Um, so the first one was, you know, we were still trying to and understand. This is free. This is free. Wow. Um, how, how frequent is it? Is it a monthly, annual, or uh, every, really every weekly? Or? Yeah, it really depends when everyone's available. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we started at the boba shop, we kind of were limited to the capacity of the, the building. Mm-hmm. But once uh, I went into the Shibo Theater, right. the capacity went from 76 people to filling up 325 seats right um that the priority is to fill up 300 300 plus seats Mm -hmm. um so it really gave us more of the space to actually put out a show like that that's awesome yeah it really is so it's it's more like um it's four performances for the year thank you right it's a full year yeah full year so so it's like it's a basically a free workshop for performers exactly the ins and outs of performance business right and and as an artist production promos marketing exactly. yeah um Earning, ticket ticket or i guess not ticket sales because it's it's a free no 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 for for ticket sales we split um 50 50 okay uh, with the artists yeah. okay. actually in fact if they uh we give them tickets themselves to sell out they get to keep whatever profits they want oh, i mean great. just 
just so to give them that full learning experience of oh this is what it feels like to really sell to a family member or friend um and they get the fruits of their labors too and typically how much is it each uh vibe track event twenty dollars that's not that's really not very reasonable yeah but right. it's pretty long, though. We have uh, the most we've ever had for one vibe check event was eight, um, eight singers, and we can only do like fifteen to twenty minute segments mm-hmm. for each of them. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, pretty. Oh wow! Yeah, we we that's, we, a we s- that's a couple hours at least. Yeah. A couple oh, hours, anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah. Set up with the the music and yeah. the instruments. Yeah, but I've always loved Coachella, minutes. so we kind of <laughs> I kind of really like like modeled it after. Sure. After that, it's still 15 minutes is still a good time. That's good three time. or four, maybe even five songs. Yeah, for some performance, right? yeah. that's, that's a really good cool. idea. It really is. Makes me want to rethink our uh, our Jodeci days. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and you don't need a 300 theater, you know, um, capacity if you wanted to do like this space that you have right now is so so nice. Um, that you could do like a little so far sounds type NPR tiny desk as long as you you bring in you know it, it's it makes it more intimate actually in a small mm-hmm. space. Yeah, I was I was actually going to compare that to so far sounds, but so far sounds doesn't work with the artist the way you guys work with no. them. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the most interesting thing that differentiates five. Well, what's great about it though is you're it sounds like you're providing a venue, and then are you? I guess you're also providing. Like sound check, light lighting, like mm-hmm. all of the right behind the scenes, and it's production. not just production, right? It's not yeah. just singers. That's how I met uh, Albert. Actually, um, we also wanted. I also like as an entrepreneur. I know. To, I know that there's a lot of you know aspiring businesses, uh, business owners that you know just want to try their concepts out, and so we invite you know um, we invite food vendors. We invite you know like different types of art vendors to really like be a complement to the music. Um, so we would have booths where you could buy stickers and, and you know, um, necklaces and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, it's not just, it just doesn't end at just singing and, and songs. Mm-hmm. It has to be elevated by the community. And that's through offering um, art and and business like small businesses into right. the, the company so like you can do alcohol boba and vibe check uh, yeah oh there you go <laughs> just uh, you you know, i'm just throwing it out one of these things <laughs> sorry you ever have a barber at one of these things we need to man um actually uh my barber um he's an artist as well and you know we have this whole entire room dedicated for art like it's a little tiny gallery um and he 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 puts up his work, but he he's just there upstairs. And I was like, it would be a great idea to to just have him work work there <laughs> too. Yeah, that'd be a great idea though. But he's he's like me; he doesn't want to do do stuff. So, for anyone interested in signing up as an artist, because yeah. I I really think that's a great opportunity for anyone that's trying to put out you know themselves as a performer, artist, yeah, creative. How do they sign up? Honestly, it's all through email communication or Zoom Zoom calls. Um, it takes me about four to five weeks to organize a full event, um, and all, I've used Instagram, such a powerful tool to to collaborate. What's with your What's your Instagram handle? Uh, so they can it's possibly read. DJ underscore Mercado. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, so if you want to do a show or you have an idea of, of a show, hit me up. We'll, we'll try to organize something together. Nice. What's been, um, so going from... Don't going be surprised if one of us end up in a Zoom no. meeting with you tomorrow trying to get on. Let's do it. <laughs> and by the way, he was referencing their performance in high school where they both uh, performed an old... Masterful. Masterful. Masterful performance uh, <laughs> of Jodeci. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their favorite R B group. So yeah. there are at least oh, three nice. people in the audience that fainted. Yeah, at least. <laughs> did, you did, you did you guys do Casey and Jojo? No, Casey and Jojo. Yeah, yeah. 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 no, it was a it was a it was a phenomenal performance. Yeah, I, mean, I was there. I, I was a witness. <laughs> so I, I may take them on as a band manager. Um, <laughs> Let's do a vibe check right now. <laughs> what did you, what did you, uh, 
put the oil on them? Is that what you did? <laughs> he, helped, wow. he helped us get the leather pants on. I greased them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, though, like, so, so what's been your takeaway going from, you know, leaving a field like nursing to then starting your own business to now, you know, it sounds like you're also kind of a community organizer. Yeah. Like, do, do you look at it that way or? I guess so. Um, I guess I'm, I'm quite, I don't mind, like, I do what I want to do, you know what I mean? Um, so if if anything cool happens outside of that, cool, I, I did something cool. But mm. for the re- most part, it's like, what's the next big thing? Well, what's the next thing I want to do? Um, so it's like kind of selfish in a way. Mm-hmm. I just want to do what I want to do. Um, and for the most part, at least the things that I want to do is to help and build my community around me. That's so. great. For the, for the record, that's a really cool thing that you're doing. Thanks. Vibe Shack is, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, seems, that's sounds like a really I thought it was cool. Yeah. So I, it's a really I dope it. concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. It kind of, uh, uh, maybe this is a reach, but, you know, with your culture, your upbringing, there's kind of that barangay element mm. to it, mm-hmm. which I. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, think it's really fantastic. We're never use that word. We're stronger, <laughs> like the warriors <laughs> said, man. Strength in numbers, yo. Warriors, man. All right. <laughs> so, what what do you have coming up next? Is there when's the next vibe check? What's uh, going on for DJ? What's going on for Shabo Theater? For the next part, I guess would be uh, we want to do um, film film festivals like local film festivals so we want to you know bring you know what we want to invite a lot of people who are um filmmakers because mm-hmm. i guess media and and film cinematography is the biggest thing right now if you're a local filmmaker and you want to create movies to show on the actual you know movie screen yeah hit us up because we want to you know, we want to promote you guys. Your like creative, the creative process kind of died in the past, you know, decade or so, and we want to kind of just bring that back. You know, no, as an as an art uh, enthusiast, whatever you want to make, nothing. There's no censorship. There's no. Um, we're not gonna say. I'm not gonna say no to anything. <laughs> um, I'll probably think about that. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, but, second half for the most part, for the most part, I'm not going to restrict you if you want to show, you know, whatever you want, as long as you know, it, as long as it ignites a fire of passion in you, then show it, and from there you could learn what the general public wants to see, and hopefully it strengthens your your ideas to to make, you know more successful films and, and creative stuff in the future. Where, where did you get the idea for a film festival? Because I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Is that something that you've... Like, have you been to any that kind of sparked the idea, wow, I can, I can also take Vibe Check and do that here? Or, or is it just your love for, for film? Or Yeah. Uh, working in the theater, you meet a lot of people who are really good at making stuff, but they don't have an outlet to do it. So now that I work at a theater, hey, uh, if you want to do something creative, we have a screen. Uh, we have a dying theater that needs help uh, with more uh, more people coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, let's use this place. Like, while we still have it, while I, I'm still here to manage it, take advantage of using those opportunities to to put yourself out there. Sure. And it's not only that, but like, if we can one day have like another Tom Hanks uh, you know, Tom Hanks is from from uh, mm-hmm. yep he's bad area. Hayward Concord what's it Hayward is it Hayward and then, and then Sacramento he went to Shibble College yeah. too yeah. so that's right, that's right. Um, yeah if, if we can have the next uh, Tom Hanks you know come up in the future and it's all because of you know small projects like this why not yeah, you dope. That's great. I'm I'm just curious, and this will be we'll close off here on this segment. Does the First Presbyterian still own it? Yes. Well, right on First Presbyterian. Yeah. Keep oh, it open. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to them because yeah. you know when you hear church uh, 
these days it's not really like popular anymore but <laughs> first press they really take care of the the homeless community they they're building tiny houses and they were the pioneers of tiny houses for the homeless in in Castro Valley oh, wow. and they're really doing a lot for the community and they're not really vocal about what they do um but i see them as as an employee there i see them and it's like the stuff that you guys are doing are, are great it's it's it kind of takes takes you um a step further from what you normally negatively hear from the media that's great yeah that's good mm. yeah well that's that's great that they're letting you run be creative mm-hmm. and you know promote the community really because that's what you're doing together so big ups to both of you Thank you. Right, closing questions no I think uh, no closing questions just the, the closing comment I, I love uh, yeah. I love the idea I love I love your journey uh, to what you're doing now and then kind of continuing to revive the creative space um, it's just it, it's awesome so yeah great to none see of, you do none that. of these were what you're doing thank you <coughs> thank you yeah thank you <laughs> and that's a wrap bye right, no, I'm just kidding <laughs> Oh yeah, is From running all the courts, SF to the town. Dad pause, now we just running our mouths. Barbershop talk, rocking the spot. Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot. Lifelong bond has the convos flow. Time just goes, constant growth. Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs. Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half.